You're listening to Courting in Color with your hosts, Shatrice and Louise. Hello and welcome back, Courting Cuties, to another episode of Courting in Color. If you're wondering where Shatrice is, I ate her in the womb. Never, you know, she's gone forever. (laughs) But yes, no, don't worry. Shatrice is here. This is a Luis takeover episode because, you know. Uh, we got a lot going on. And so, you know, here at the court, we care for each other. Yes, absolutely. How are you, Shatrice? (laughs) I am great. Yes. Hello, courting cuties. Like Louise said, I'm super excited for this Louise takeover because let me tell you, this is week number two where I'm like, oh, wait, there's a podcast, isn't there? I have been... I was this close to coming to y'all live from my undisclosed location again, (laughs) but like (laughs) I have not been to my house for four days. Like I just got back to my house because I've been on location for work. And I also had a law midterm due uh, for my program. The Black Elwoods, I love it. The black Elwoods, hence the box braids. Okay. Um, yes. So it's like literally my mind is so fried and so frazzled. So I am just super appreciative to Louise for like getting everything together for this week. And so that's really what I've been up to work and school. Like I have truly been running my ass ragged, but it was a really great program and a really great time. And I'm probably going to text like seven participants at some point in the next hour for our big program to make sure everyone got home because it was just oh, involving good. a lot of logistics and flights and so you know I'm just you know hashtag super host I told all of the participants who flew into our program who were like oh my gosh like everyone was coming up, up to me earlier today before I left they were like you know thank you so much like I don't know how you did all this like I'm just not I'm not just being <laughs> nice like you Aww. rocked it whatever and I was like Oh my gosh, thank you so much. And if you could formally put that in your evaluation of this program, thank you. I'm hey. requesting a raise. <laughs> oh, uh, I mean, listen, we are in the season where we have to say what we want and really put it mm-hmm. out there and ask for people Absolutely. to show up for us, right? So kudos to you. Yep. Yeah. So that's what I've been up to. What you've been up to? What have I been up to? So today's been a whirlwind. I really just like got up and it's been like nonstop going. Um, I think I'm like on a mini virtual speaking circuit. So I had a panel um, today, a virtual panel this afternoon. I have a virtual panel right after we're recording. And so my mind has just kind of been all over. Um, Yeah. As someone who's not used to talking a lot throughout the day, I'm finding myself obviously having to talk more today. And uh, yeah, that, that's that been kind of it. I, I will say yesterday was a good day. So yesterday was Tuesday, um, which was a little bit light at work, as was Monday. But today and like kind of honestly through the rest of the week is just kind of like, but um, but um, but um, but um, but um, like, I, I don't know. I'm realizing that like my job, obviously I want to be like accessible to folks, but like, I also need to figure out really smart ways to like block off my time to just take mm. a breather, to, to yeah. truly just take a breather. Or obviously yeah. when you have free time and people are like, Hey, do you want to meet? And you say, yeah, sure. Schedule a time. They're going to obviously <laughs> they're gonna schedule pick a time. Works for them. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. They're going to pick whatever works for them. So I, um, yeah, that 
I've been thinking a lot about just making sure that I'm holding my time. And then in two weeks, I am on vacation. So I'm also kind of like, okay, well, let me get these meetings out of the way because I know I have four solid days where I will not be at work. So well, two things. One, be sure tonight, especially to make sure you get on vocal rest, make sure you get some honey, some tea and things like that. Because on Wednesdays, I just Wednesdays are always like a kind of go, go, go day for yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. And at the end of the day, I'm always like, okay, Shatrice, you do not have COVID. You've just used your voice a lot. and Your throat is a little scratchy because you've been talking nonstop. So I have to tell myself that every Wednesday. And two, bitch, how much is your speaking rate? Like, do you have a voice <laughs> now? <laughs> I don't. That's the thing is like, when you reach out to like speak, I'm always just like, sure. Like it's my time and, and I'm more than glad to give it. Um, yeah. I truly am so used to like no one ever reaching out for me to speak. <laughs> so I'm kind of like, I have this podcast and I have my work, my job, but I, I don't, I'm not a speaker. Like, you know, yet. book Haley yet. Book Haley. <laughs> Haley's like a fantastic speaker, but I think yes. I just haven't, I have not dedicated to like my niche and things that I'm passionate sure. about and finding sure. those opportunities to connect. So question for the season. Oh, sorry. Louise, take over. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so courting cuties, the question for the season, as you heard us share last week is what holiday are we celebrating this week? It could, it's a dating and relationship holiday. You may or may not know about it. We are here to be, uh, you know, we are here to provide wisdom in the court of, uh, courting cuties. And so the two holidays, one, I did not know about, but I saw people posting their boyfriends and I'm like, oh, I guess it's national boyfriend day. Uh, (laughs) October I'm surmised 3rd. by these uh, details. Yeah, that is. But in our research, we did that didn't come up. So I don't know if this was like a <laughs> holiday that just like escaped us as we were looking, but possibly October 3rd is National Boyfriend Day. Okay. Well, or was. I was, or was, and that is comical and because... interesting because as of you could technically say October 1st, but really October 2nd. Okay, so missed by a day. Okay, okay. Missed by a day. October 2nd, Spicy did ask me to be his girlfriend. <gasps> oh my gosh. Yes. Oh, yay. So okay. I, I, look, I was like, little did I subconsciously know, I was like, boy, you better ask me before National Boyfriend Day so I can have a boyfriend on National Boyfriend <laughs> <laughs> He just knew your energy. He actually he, looked up. He, he looked up the dates. He was like, what, what? you know, what holiday can I ask around? Yes. Well, and apparently he had the plan to do it on the first, but when I don't really know fully what's happening and I'm in my natural state of tardiness, like I'm just like, Uh, Oh, well, I have time to do things. And he was like, Oh, well, this is my plan. This is whatever. I was like, okay, well, looks like you're going to have to like do it all over again. (laughs) (laughs) And then then on Saturday, I was like, you know what? Just ask me now. It's my fault that it didn't happen yesterday or whatever. Oh, so. <laughs> oh wait. So what was what was the original plan? Or so he originally, yeah, he was. So he bought flowers. He wrote a love note, which I like. Was like, oh my gosh, it was yes, just bitch. National Love Note Day. <laughs> Did you say that? I hope you said that to him. Yeah. <laughs> and you know what his response was? He was like, well, maybe if you let me listen to your podcast, I would have known about that. Ooh. 
you know, on National Boyfriend Day, will our boyfriends listen to our podcast? Oh my gosh. So you know what this means, Courting Cuties? Both Shafisa and I are betrothed and boyfriended. So this is the last episode of Courting in Color. We have no reason to continue this podcast episode. We said we will do this podcast until we find a boo. And that has happened. It only took us five seasons, less than 50 episodes. Less than 50 episodes. Oh my gosh, it's the 50th. Is the fiftieth episode going to be a dual interview? <laughs> no, ah! never. Plot twist. Um, so yeah, shout out to National Boyfriend Day, and shout out to my spicy white boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> and then courting cuties, the second holiday, which is not a dating and relationship holiday, but it will happen when this episode gets released is National Coming Out Day, which is October 11th. And so National Coming Out Day, I actually don't know how long it's been around for, but typically it is for like LGBTQI people to um, come out and kind of uh, partake in that process. Um, I always think of it as this way of like doing this like social uh, life part of your identity, right? To like live socially, out in your identity. Um, I think also sometimes like allies, you know, come out on national, uh, national coming out day, which I'm like, eh, that feels it's not about excessive. you. It's not about you. Right. Yeah, like that excessive. feels like taking up a space. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, um, so happy, happy national coming out day. I think it's also an important holiday because not everyone can be out for a host of reasons. Right. So, sure. uh, if you are out or you are thinking about coming out or you never want to come out, like you are still valid in your, um, queer identity in any of your LGBTQI identities. So a happy national coming out day from courting in color. Absolutely. And if you want to use courting in color as your official coming out platform, hey, we welcome it. So just email us, DM us, let us know. (laughs) (laughs) Well, remember we did, um, wasn't Rachel our first kind of like queer interview? Yes. <laughs> like yes. We were, we yes. were her like breakout baby interview. Gay. Yeah. yeah the baby. <laughs> we were like her breakout interview. Yes, um, exactly. Yes. Can I, can I also give um another quick uh, yeah. holiday reference? Also not um dating and relationship uh, related necessarily, but also um this upcoming Monday, 10, 11 or October 11th is National Indigenous Peoples Day because you know we don't support that white man. So right. happy. Oh, that's true. Nash- I totally forgot yes. about that. Yes. Yes. I just, I literally just got an email with the calendar of events and I was like, oh yeah, it is National Indigenous Peoples Day um, on Monday. So we'll be doing some stuff I'm sure around here. But yeah, so happy all of those for whichever ones you want to celebrate. Mm-hmm. Like, let us know and have a good time. Shout out, shout out, shout out for the culture. For the culture. Our shout out for the culture. Um, I have a couple. So um, we didn't talk about this. And honestly, I think it's been now a month, but Lil Nas X and his Montero album. Um, Shatrice, do you know who Lil Nas X is? Oh my gosh, Louise. Honestly, of course I do. Now, <laughs> is this is this the video with the devil though? Because I didn't fuck yes. with that. But <laughs> yes, 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 yes. I fucked with Lil Nas X until he gets real. Cr- I like. I just yes. can't with the visual. You fucked with Lil um, Nas X until he fucked the devil too. <laughs> basically, but I get his point and I support it. <laughs> yes. But yes, shout out to Lil Nas X and his like Montero um, album. I've listened to it. It's really, really good. I need to like do a deep dive into like lyrics and all the mm-hmm. stuff, but um, it's just, I don't know, super dope. Like I really feel like a lot of 
queer people our generation and older like feel like the aunties and uncles to like Lil Nas X (laughs) and like are hella protective because it's like I cannot imagine being like I think he's like 23 22 23 I cannot imagine being like a queer youth of color a queer black person in this like age highly visible I've been thinking I've been one wanting to do more writing in general and I've been thinking a lot Mm -hmm. about like little Nas X and just like what does it mean to be out um because he's very prominent very very prominent and also like a like a dark skinned like queer black person yeah right like I think is is fantastic so now I will say I most recently saw little Nas X on a commercial with Elton John. I said, you better be mingling with yes. the elder gays, okay? Like, you better get up in there. Um, and I, I, I asked Spicy like the same question. I was like, do you know who that is? <laughs> he was like, he was like, Nas. I was like, that's an actual like legendary rapper. Yes. Like, no, this is Lil Nas X. But he was Lil fun. Nas X. Um, <laughs> related, to, <laughs> related to black culture, Adele. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> related I, to sometimes she thinks so with those damn Jamaican yes. braids yes well uh, anyway so but uh shout out to the uh shout out for the culture and people who have soul in their voice Adele okay um, is coming with her album which we think is going to be named 30 uh, she just yes. released like a music video I can't say talk music video <laughs> teaser um, which I haven't uh, listened to the snippet I'm kind of waiting for the full experience yeah but, yeah yeah uh, but I'm ready I'm ready I'm ready I'm ready, well, I'm ready to be wondering, Right. I was like, will it be a happy album? I mean, obviously she just got divorced a couple of years ago. So will it be about that? But she's in a relationship. So yeah. I but you know, it's I feel like Adele is the white British version of sorts um to Mary J. Blige. Like, we want your struggles, we want your anger, your learned lessons. We want all those things from you. And your happy albums are fine, but like we really want the emotional shit. Yeah. Ah, well, you know, Lil Nas X, Adele, do you be amazing. (laughs) We are ready uh, for the music and your continued success. Absolutely. Shatrice, I think I hear a knock. So are we ready to welcome our guest in? Yes, so ready. (laughs) Awesome. Let's go ahead and welcome our guest. Well, Shatrice, our first yes. guest of the season is here. So excited. So, um, we are so excited to welcome Jaime from Jota Reads as our guest, uh, as our guest courting cutie uh, for this week's episode. Um, Shatrice, I know I talked to you about Jaime and Jota Reads yes. a while back, and um, I'm so, 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 so glad that we were able to, to make it work um, for this season. And I'm really ecstatic to be able to do it. Um, so Jaime here at Courting in Color, before we get to the main topic, we always like to give our guests the opportunity to kind of like introduce themselves and help our, um, Courting Cuties is like what we call our five fans. (laughs) No, I'm kidding. (laughs) I'm sure we have many fans, but we just call them Courting Cuties. And so we just, before we talk, get to the main topic, our listeners, listeners, uh, we want to give them an opportunity (laughs) to, to get to know you. Um, but yeah, you know, tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, who you typically date. Um, well, thank you for having me on this show. Um, my name is Jaime Barajas, as you um, mentioned, and I do run Jota Reads on Instagram. And um, who I typically date is a question. Yeah. Yes. Um, <laughs> oftentimes, I mean, up until 
my late 20s, I dated a lot of trash men, but ah, I love it. Oh, that's, yes. I mean, that's relatable content. Rel- right I mean, relatable. <laughs> yeah. But I will say that I probably had some to do with that. Typically speaking, um, I tend to date more folks that are either in tune with the Latino culture or know stuff about it. Um, I realized that when I was um, in my mid 20s, I was really attracted to folks that spoke my native language so mm-hmm. if you spoke spanish i thought that that was like really attractive i think that it has something to do with like me being able to introduce you to my mom mm-hmm. um uh, i think my friends would say i did a lot of skinny brown and black <laughs> boys Aww. okay just because i'm like a bigger like um i was gonna say is is the polar bear your official like gay categorization um or- i don't know that i would i feel like the bear community is really white. Yes. Okay. So I don't necessarily identify with being a bear. Like, I like that it's, like, really, like, affirming in terms of body space. But sure. I don't know that it's affirming in terms of, like, people of color spaces, which yeah. happens a lot in the queer spaces. Yeah. Like, everything is, like, white. So, yes. yeah. So that's why I, like, I like self-identify as a polar bear. But, like, I don't know that I'm, like, fit into the bear community too much i've been trying to uh in the years that i've known chatrice which is i think now getting close to four or five i can't remember i've been trying to teach her about you know the the twinks the bears the otters and all that stuff so and chatrice proudly identifies as a power bottom if you yes i do <laughs> um, but not anyway. to co-op, but yes, I do, <laughs> do relate. <laughs> um, Jaime, how would you describe the dating scene in your city and town? So um, I'm in the Bay Area, and okay. I think that it's pretty vibing. But also because I've been here for so long, like I feel a little jaded. Mm-hmm. So it sounds like for me. In my 20s, I did a lot of exploration, kind of in the South Bay. I went to grad school in San Jose, so that's like the South Bay. Um, And then now in my 30s, I moved to the East Bay, so I live in Oakland. And I like this scene a lot better now. Um, I feel like I'm also entering a stage where, like, I'm meeting men more um, mature. And I feel like, I don't know how to say it, but just maybe it's me becoming less superficial. Like, Mm. when I was in my 20s, you know, I was, like, looking for body, yada, yada, you know, I'm like... (laughs) You have a 401k plan, sir. Like, okay, you know thank you. <laughs> we got a plan for the future, honey. Yes. Yeah. So, like, eventually I want to be financially independent. So, yes. if that is your life goals, then, then we can work out sexually. <laughs> <laughs> and There's Chitrice, nothing more to- of a turn on than a good 401k. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot to mention, but like Jaime also does like a lot of like, like has a lot of like knowledge around like financial and things. And I've honestly been meaning for months to like follow up uh, with Jaime to like talk about that. that. Cause I'm like, you know, anyway, I have a lot of questions as many of us, I think who come from like communities of color around like financial literacy and I don't always fully Mm -hmm. understand it or lack thereof. Anyway, our last getting to know you question, Jaime, um, how would you describe your current relationship status? So right now, um, it's really interesting because I'm like in the beginning stages of talking to this dude. And so I mm. called him last night and I was like, um, I was asked to be on this. Um, oh my God. Okay. Yeah. I was asked to be on this podcast and That's- I just, I want to know how you think I should identify, right? Like, oh my God. That- what a great, like use us as the excuse Thank to you. have yes, the relationship like, conversation. Yes. yes. Love it. So, 
like he was like well you're definitely not single and i was like <gasps> oh, okay okay, so okay. He made, he made sure to say that he was like, just say you're off the market for now. And okay. I was like, okay, so that's where I'm at right now. Yeah, I truly love, love that question. <laughs> yes. um, also, I hadn't like been actively looking. It kind of just mm. happened. So it, it was interesting that I feel like this summer was like a really fun summer. It was mm-hmm. like, you know, Vax Girl summer. I was traveling to Southern <laughs> California a lot. Um, I had a really good time. I think from my birthday in April till the end of august i had a lot of fun in la and then i met this dude and i was like hey i kind of want to like hang out with you some more and he was like same do you mind if i ask you i know in bigger states well and like bigger cities too folks are very particular about where people live so do y'all live like in the same general vicinity or is there a commute involved it's a huge commute so oh. he is six hours driving away it's only an hour flight so okay and if you plan accordingly um like this weekend he came up and then we were planning for just like when we were going to see each other like what we agreed to and so we're mm-hmm. thinking sustainably we'll probably see each other twice a month okay um, look at y'all yeah and that, and that so like we spent like four hours planning like our next few weeks and trips mm-hmm. and um our round trip ticket like when planned accordingly was like 86 dollars Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, so from the Bay to LA, I think I bought like two $86 round trip tickets. Um, and then he's coming up a few times. And then we're going to Vegas for the winter break time. Yeah. Courting cuties, it. if you need help defining your relationship, <laughs> please come be a guest on our podcast and we can help. Yeah, because here, here, I love that. Support. I don't think anyone that you, you're kind of the, you are the first person who has said that as part of their... <laughs> dating experience so I love it oh my gosh this is iconic truly we are iconic yeah we are iconic Uh, Jaime one of the things I forgot as part of this introduction um is having you talk a little bit about Jota Reads so give us your elevator pitch what is Jota Reads you talked about it as an Instagram platform driven thing so yeah what is Jota Reads Jota Reads is um well during the pandemic I was like deep soul searching for um just what I thought made me happy like authentically happy mm-hmm. and so uh well reading a lot of books makes me happy so just reading yep. in general um and I always complained that I didn't have enough time to read and now that we were like in shutdown mode I had like all this time and right. I wasn't taking advantage of it so mm. in 2020 I read 48 books so I averaged about Work four books a month and I was like who are you like I was working full-time I was like walking for like 45 minutes a day and then I was just like devouring books left and right and so then um I was like wow I wonder if I could oftentimes like literature is like only analyzed or talked about in a like in a scholarly way I was like how about I start queer joy book club in like a public platform and I invite random co-hosts within the queer spectrum um, to come and talk about the books with me. So in 2021, we released um, Hota Reads, and it's me and my my femme friend who she chooses to be um, more on the behind the um, mm-hmm. scenes, but she does a lot of, she does all the art. So like the art is like, she asked me at the beginning, like, what, what did I envision? And I was like, I want like a muted Lisa Frank theme. Um, cause I've always loved Lisa Frank and, yes. then, 
and she's like an aspiring graphic designer. And so, um, yeah, we like collaborate a few times a month and then we do the posts. Um, and so what happens is I reach out to different folks um, that identify as being queer, uh, particularly um, folks of color. And we try to talk about different aspects within the LGBT community. Um, anything ranging from like asexuality to um, the erasure of bisexual folks, um, just yeah, different things along those lines where where we discuss it based off of the book we read. And so um, every month we pick a different book and um, yeah, so that's a little bit about what Hota Reads is. The thing that I have been consistent has been um, the Queer Joy Book Club and once a month we pick it. So we're in our 10th uh, book for the year. And so I'm excited uh, to finish off strong and then to do some reflection and see what, what's going to happen next year. Yeah. Now, since this started um, in part during the pandemic, like the height of the pandemic, is your book club both virtual and in person or is it just one so, or the other? The way that it works is that I, I set up a live where the co-host and I on oh, gotcha. So anybody can come and like comment on it. And so oftentimes we have the folks like the it's the last Sunday of the month except for this month because it's going to be on Halloween and mm-hmm. so I did it the, the Sunday before just so that people could actually join the live um, <laughs> and so um, I do it consistently I do it at 2 p.m uh, Pacific Standard Time 5 p.m Eastern Standard Time and then people who have read the book either engage with us or ask us questions um, so cool. I've had three yeah, I had three authors on it as well with the co-host. So oh that's my been gosh. really exciting. And then yes. this month's big, the author reached out to me and said <gasps> he was willing to be on it. So oh my gosh. That's okay. So, great. so I wanted to so I like cuties. Your- I can't remember how I got I like found out about Hota Reads, but I partaken i was a lot better at the beginning of it um but i thought about this month as a way to re-engage it because the book looked really really good so now if i needed any indication to like read the book this month knowing that you have the author so courting cutie exclusive you know yeah and we'll have time at the end for you to plug hota retime it but um the last question is um what like what is hota like what you know the the word you keep using i i know what it is but like for for our listeners who are like what is what is Hota? Why Hota? I learned last week. <laughs> so, um, so there's no positive terminology to identify um, with being queer in Spanish. Mm-hmm. And so um, the letter J literally is Hota. So, um, but um, oftentimes, or what happens is the history of naming um, a gay man in, in Mexico, there was... Um, a series of sex workers that were male, male identified or or sometimes trans identified. Um, and this particular section of um, the jail was the, the J aisle. And so they would send men to the J aisle if they were um, either participating in um, sodomy or participating in sex work or participating in anything that was considered a sin mm-hmm. post um, colonization and so um yeah it's just a way of reclaiming the words so like now I'm like well I'm I choose to identify as being like a gay Latino man like a gay Chicano man and so I, I do identify as being a Hoto and um Hota is the feminine for the feminine form of mm-hmm. 
photo. And so I do that on purpose. I like, I think as I've grown, I've realized that I identify more as being non-binary than I do um, like a cisgendered man. I know that I present as a cisgendered man, mm -hmm. but just like identifying wise, like I've never ever felt comfortable in cisgendered um, male spaces and um, mm -hmm. Yeah, just like navigating my own like um, sense of self has been really empowering. And so, yeah, I I was like, well, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this with a bang. And so <laughs> I decided to call it Hota Reads because that's what um, I think that it's like a term. Oftentimes, I know that it, it feminizes a lot of the queer community. Um, and also, I feel like it empowers people who think that feminine traits are negative. So, yeah, that's... Yeah. That's ultimately why I picked it. Thank you. I actually did not know the history with the yeah. jail in particular. So thank you, Jaime. I just appreciate you sharing that history. Um, and also too, like about how words in Spanish can often be relegated or be centric to like one nationality or one country yeah. in particular and like how to talk about a queer Latinx experience. That's yeah, all, exactly. yeah, queer Latinidad that's like all encompassing. So uh, I appreciate that. Jaime, when I had talked uh, with you about Chatrice and about Jota Reads, I really wanted to invite you to talk about books, Avi, um, but specifically two things. One, what can books teach us about dating and courting? In most of our episodes, Chatrice is the researcher. Fun fact, she also is like the main person driving the episode. So this episode <laughs> is a Louise takeover. Yes. Um, so Chatrice, before most of our topics, hits the Google streets and does researching on something. So, you know, in the spirit of Chatrice, I also hit the Google streets and Wonderful. did some some, uh, some Googling. You know, I searched the internet high and low. Yeah. Yes, some links um, <laughs> just to see what was out there about dating and relationship and books, because as like a book nerd, I honestly have not even thought to think about the connection of dating and courting and books. And so I was like, Jaime with Hota Reads, perfect. Like, let's bring it in and, and, and talk about it in that way. And so after typing, what can books teach us about dating? Um, I found a couple of things, but it was really interesting because <laughs> most of the things I found were like, what are lessons that dating advice books can teach us as opposed to like books in general but I sure. found like I found like one really really good article and so the uh this kind of kind of first part of our conversation what it's going to be is there was this article called good relationship advice from romance from romance novels by Maya mm -hmm. Rodal or Rodale um found in Bustle and so there's I believe there's nine of them but I pulled specifically four relationship advice that this article had identified that's really good for us to keep as we're, you know, dating and courting and all that stuff. And so we're going to go through them by one, one by one. And then I just want your all's thoughts around it. So um, the first- Is it okay thing, if I haven't read the book? Yes. Okay, so this okay. is just, this is just general lesson. So sorry. <laughs> okay, it's not okay, the first okay. link. It's not the first link. It's the, so the, it's second, the second one. Okay. Yes. So, yeah. So the article, and we'll post it on our show got notes it. and things like that. But um, the first lesson that Maya talks about is uh, believe in hate <laughs> at first sight. And so what she says is because hate is just another strong feeling that gets your blood pumping, heart racing and passion and flames from pride and prejudice to that to 10 things I hate about you. There's something deliciously sexy and romantic about watching two individuals falling in love despite their best efforts to the contrary. In a Ooh. swipe left, swipe right world, it pays to remember that there might be more than love or lust at first sight. So what are y'all's thoughts? Good advice, bad advice? What are we thinking? 
I'll pass it over to the guest. I want to hear what you have to say. <laughs> so I think that um, it said that there must that there is more than just love and lust at first sight. In a swipe left, swipe right world, it pays to remember that there might be more than yeah, love or lust at first sight. That basically, like, hate is good if you. <laughs> Like, again, I think of Pride and Prejudice, right? And Elizabeth Bennett and Mr. Darcy. They uh, Spoiler warning, they end up together. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, right, right. So basically saying like uh, something like that, right? That a relationship could be okay if you don't like the person. I mean, I don't know that I've ever dated anybody I considered an enemy. <laughs> <laughs> right? Oh my God, that'd be so delicious though. The but, sex would probably be great. I'm yeah, that's lie. true. <laughs> However, I do think, I don't know. I'm thinking back to like times I've dated folks that had like a different mindset than I did and and I think that evolved like I think a lot about like in my early 20s I was like trying to be like really anti-capitalist and like I was like still really like um I was like really naive to the way the world worked and and not necessarily that I've like been enlightened or anything now but now I'm like well like my parents struggled for a reason like Mm -hmm. I definitely need to like figure out how to like sustain myself in, in capitalism but I remember, yep. like, I dated this guy that was, like, a business major. Oh Everything he would tell me, I would just be so grossed out. Yeah. <laughs> right? And, like, oftentimes we would just, like, argue for a few hours. And then then we would have a really good time after. But the well, point was, well. I was just, like, I don't know, like, why was I doing that to myself? You know, like, <laughs> like I was, like, oh. And, like, from him, I was, like, wow, I would, like, never date, like, a hardcore capitalist. Mm. which is like like a weird thing to say but yeah I knew like we weren't like-minded in mm. the ways in which we saw the world and even the re- the way the reason why we were getting our education and how we wanted to transform ourselves and like have an impact on the world and so yeah that was like an interesting time I was like maybe I was like self-hating or self-destructing but also self-destruction but it yeah. could also be like about wanting like the things you can't have or you know are not good for you right like yeah like the intellectually boy. right the bad boy like intellectually you know you shouldn't be with this person even just from an ideological level but there's something like sinister about it that makes it yeah. feel like intriguing good. Yeah. yeah it's like intriguing so like I don't know, maybe it could maybe it could work, but I just <laughs> I don't know that it would I would last forever with them. Yeah. Yeah. What about you, Shatrice? That's, that's what I'm thinking. I'm like, okay, well, so I my um when you were reading this, my head went immediately to Bridgerton, right? Because oh uh, yes, you know, by the end they were burning for each other and all this bullshit, but like they hated each other. Um, and it's it's like such a it's like a, such a common like romantic comedy trope like in storyline. So like I can appreciate it for that. I don't know, yeah, that I've ever had someone who was like, I can't stand this person. And then we got together. But similar to Jaime, I've definitely dated people who I was like, what am I doing? <laughs> like you kind of suck and I don't know. Well, and so for me, it was maybe not as much self-sabotage, but low self-esteem. Cause I was like, well, but you're here and it's like fine. And I don't think I really like you. And I remember, I can't remember who it was. I was thinking about this like a few days ago. I was like, I don't even know if we, we really liked each other. Like we were together, but we didn't necessarily like it. Like, I was like, I don't know that he you were with name, each other, like, like out of spite, like out of just <laughs> for each other. <laughs> yeah. 
I know this grinds your gear beings with me. I know this grinds your gears being with me. And yes, I so I'm gonna stay. You. I'm gonna stay, bitch. Like, <laughs> so yeah, I I think that's interesting. I do know a couple of couples, or I've I've met some couples who are like Bickerson, Bicker Town, um, and I always used to say like, ooh, like I don't know if I can handle that, but then. Like thinking about who I am, I'm like, I suppose folks around me might be prone to some bickering because I'm going to say shit. <laughs> so <laughs> meh, no judgment over here. <laughs> yeah, I think I agree with y'all. Like, I I don't know if I could be with like a, I mean, when you were talking about that business, uh, business person you dated, I was like, could I be with like someone who's like a hardcore, like cryptocurrency? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that kind of person and I was like mm. probably no but like <laughs> I don't know because it's just I guess it like for me it's like okay yes there's hate but I'm like if it's around like I hate you because of your ideals like what is my threshold yeah of, like what we can disagree on right exactly. like yeah I hate yeah. Republicans I'm not gonna <laughs> date a Republican yes right kind like of that's not a threshold way. I would date like yeah. that, that's just my yeah like that's just like my thing I will not cross I'm like no yeah. that's just yeah so well, it's but here's really the thing here's the thing what if you were dating someone who was a hardcore bitcoin tycoon but they didn't ask you to invest your money in bitcoin no I because ideologically like, no. like cryptocurrency is like does not make sense like I have talked to someone <laughs> who was like fully in it and I was like you anyway without getting me well no not even that it's just like they try to like it's so funny because I was wearing like an Asada Shakur pin and they were like oh well you believe in like you know liberation right well the cryptocurrency is liberating us from the bank and I was like sis you are your framework for cryptocurrency that you subscribe to is an 18th century white philosopher and economist (laughs) from Europe I highly doubt that the framework, even my not knowledge of anything, my my guess is that it prioritizes like white men. Cryptocurrency, yeah. GTFO, don't let the door hit you on the way <laughs> out. Um, but you know, as the door uh, as the door uh, swings open, as that person, yes, leaves, come on, transitions, come the on. The next tip uh, <laughs> or the next thing this article talks about is don't fall for the quote unquote right guy. So there's the good on paper guy with the high paying job, the right clothes, the expensive car, but maybe you don't feel the sparks. There's the hot popular guy, but maybe he's boring. (laughs) Or maybe there's the guy who you're comfortable with, perhaps too comfortable. Mm -hmm. Romance novels have taught me that none of that matters. So rip up your checklist for Mr. Right and pay attention to how a man treats you or anyone you want to date treats you and how they make you feel. Mm. So now I can, I can say really quickly, uh, and like it's I I don't know why I'm all, I say really quickly now I'm like I don't know why I'm always at such a, like an internal like conflict and like turmoil over this whole concept of the quote unquote right guy or right person, but I mean it's right they're right they're right I have dated that perfect on paper guy and it was not it was far from a perfect relationship. And now I'm definitely dating someone who wouldn't be necessarily my like perfect on paper, but I'm like, like the way that he makes me feel like it's just above and beyond like any guy I've ever dated. And so like, it's, it's hard because I think, you know, Louise Jaime or Jaime Louise was saying that you like get into personal finance and things like that. And I think about like coming from 
just a poor, like being a poor black person and like what that means for me to think about like money and finances and stability. And, and I, I, I'm in conflict because I'm like, how much of that should I prioritize when looking for a quote unquote, the one or, or like other things, right? Like I'm, you know, a scholar in higher ed. And so like, okay, education is important to me, but like how much, like how much should that be centered in a romantic relationship? So I, I agree with that. And I still very much struggle with that concept. I second that. Like, I feel, well, I feel like once you're becoming more and more, like once you leave undergrad and that the bubble becomes smaller and smaller once you're in higher and yeah. post-secondary, oh it's just like graduate mm-hmm. school. Yeah. And so I found that like, I was trying really hard to um, maintain a love. Like if I was getting my master's, like that's who I wanted to be dating. Uh-huh. Or mm-hmm. I wanted to be dating men who aspire to get their master's. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like I was going about it way wrong. Like I was just trying to fulfill a checklist as opposed to like mm. how, people, mm-hmm. how definitely people treated me. Right. It's interesting. Cause like my current, like I was going to call him partner. Wow. He values education at a level that I don't think I value it anymore. Like I was just like, oh. yeah. So he values it very differently. And I think it's because we both had access to it very differently. So, like, for me, it was something that was, like, kind of expected of me. And so, therefore, like, I went through the motions. Um, and for him, it wasn't. So, he puts a lot of value in that. And I am, like, are you a good human? Like, are you, like, do you not lie and cheat? Like, <laughs> yeah. are you working? Basic things, you, you know. know. like, yeah. <laughs> but things that so many people are missing, right? Like, yeah. you can have, like, all these degrees and publications and be a shitty human being. Yeah. Like, yeah. And the T is a lot of those people are shitty. <laughs> that's yeah. what, I mean, and right? I like, all these people A lot on. of the trauma that happens, not, not just within academia, but, like, throughout their lives and so just in general I was like oh like I need somebody that more of a stable way of thinking because I sometimes like once I recognize that I'm like deep in love then I'm like destabilize myself and so mm-hmm. like that oftentimes is like a hard thing to come back from you have given yourself of yourself too soon too quick oh, my yeah. favorite Disney quote is when Elsa tells Anna, you can't marry a you can't marry a man you just met. I was like, damn. <laughs> Who knew? Finally, but like it just right? right. Yes. Disney being self-aware in that moment. Like that <laughs> it, it, basically they were like, Thank you for all this money for watching all these movies all this year and all these years, and we're about to change the whole game <laughs> yeah. with <laughs> yeah. yes. we've had it wrong this whole time. Yeah. Yes. Plot Oops. twist. um i think for me yeah like it's so funny because we did do a mr right episode pretty early on i think like or i think it was with diane actually like our list our list right and i think it was interesting as i think about what was on my list and like what i have now Mm -hmm. um and like the person i'm with now and i'm like oh those things those things track and but maybe not as like direct as as Mm as i as i conceptualized it back then but really that I actually do love like focus on how someone makes you feel right and absolutely thinking about things like safety and thinking about things like does this person like care about you I think often in relationships we talk about red flags but like what are the green flags right like what are the good things right so I appreciate that reframe too and um 
Yeah, so I think I think that's really that's really interesting. So you know, courting cuties, if you have a, a list, you know, maybe uh, have a um, a little bonfire if you want to just throw it in there and just focus <laughs> on how uh, someone yeah. makes you feel. Or just have fun too, like whatever. Yes. Well, you know, we're not here to judge, but yeah, I, I thought it was, I thought it was such a good, I thought it was a good point. So the last um, kind of uh, advice tip from romance novels that I would want um, us to chat about is um, be totally unrealistic. So Ms. Maya writes, best-selling historical romance author Tessa Dare has said, women are constantly told it's fantasy to expect fidelity, respect, and orgasms in this life and to seek the same in our reading. It's not. So be uh, quote unquote unrealistic when it comes to stuff that really matters, not wealth, looks, or whether he leaves a toilet seat down and hold out for someone confident in themselves who loves you just the way you are and who believes your pleasure matters. That's powerful. I know. Again, this is one of those where I'm like, okay, yeah, you, this is a true gem in this, in this this article, but yeah, I mean, I kind of, when I was reading it, you know, we're often told have realistic expectations, but like unreal, like who gets to decide what's realistic and who gets to decide what's unrealistic. And so I kind of like that this like bucking against realistic goals because or I guess bucking against like what we typically say to people, like have realistic goals and being unrealistic is actually okay. But yeah, Heino, yeah. what are your thoughts? No, I completely agree. I think that it's interesting to think about um, just like the things that we even think are unrealistic, right? Like personally, I I bought, I like, I purchased um, a condo in the Bay Area on like uh, a nonprofit salary and people are like, wow, like people that are making over six figures cannot do that. And I'm like, well, it really like once I started shifting and thinking about how I wanted to build my own future, like I was like, well, certain things became less and less important, right? Like I was like, I'd rather travel a few times a year than go out every weekend. And therefore I started recognizing, like, I was like, wow, I'm saving a lot of money by deciding like every four months I get to do a big trip versus every seven days I'm going out and splurging. And so those big things, I was like, I I started to be able to, after my last breakup, I was like, how do you fall in love with yourself first? Mm. Right? Like, how do you go yeah. back to that self-love? And so I started to build my own happiness. And I feel like five years down the line, now I'm like, not five years, four or four years down the line. Now I'm in such a better headspace that even when I'm sharing myself to this new person, he can tell that both of us, like, I can tell that he has come from a place of hurt before but that he's really actively trying to be like his full self. And so um, like, I recognize that for him, some of the values that I have that I've like intrinsically just done has been like something that he has like aspired to do his whole life, like getting a master's. And me, I was like, wow, like there's like things that I aspire, like he's been um, consistent with his like, career for like over 13 years and I'm like Mm -hmm. wow I'm six years into my career and I hope to like be be as consistent yeah as you are right yeah and so like I value a lot of the things that he has already accomplished and he values a lot of the things that I accomplished and so those were things that I feel like sometimes feel unrealistic to us but yeah just in general I was like no like how then do we like we should aspire to have more if we want to live the fantasy like we only live once so 
everybody's fairy tale is going to look differently. So you get to define yours. Yeah. I also love that this little snippet talked about like who believes like your pleasure matters and not only for me, pleasure has broadness to it. Right. It's not just like sexual, but it's also like happiness. Right. Yeah. Like who really, um, want like being with someone who wants to see you succeed being with someone who is okay with moments where you're not being successful and so I loved in particular that piece from that little snippet that we just read around um, finding someone who believes your pleasure matters Um, but Jaime of what you were talking about it also sounds like you found like alignment right like there's even though you're not walking the path at the same Time. even though you're not walking the same path like you're you're at the same time you're like walking the same path if that makes sense like you're both working towards something that aligns with each other both distinct but works together too yeah yeah and the self-respect I think has a lot to do with our like wanting to be with each other and and like recognizing that like we're both morphing and that we're both going to change and that we're both going to be together because of it like we yeah. recognize that that's like foundationally in a relationship so just like striving for that queer chicano fairy tale is what i'm here for yeah oh, i love it um i love so, it so much yes i kind of wanted to talk to us about books like right Jaime is here as like I don't know I really think of you Jaime as like a book expert so (laughs) as I think about what can books teach us about dating and relationships are there books that honestly come to mind that have held lessons for you in terms of dating and relationships and not just for you but like for for any of us but we'll start with you yeah um so there is okay so I thought about three in terms of like like queer love I thought about three and then in terms of just like general sorry yeah just in terms of general like relationships and friendships I've thought about one more and Mm -hmm. so um the book that originally I thought about was um Arturo Islas's The Rain God and The Rain God is a I'm I'm gonna spoiler it's gonna kind of spoiler (laughs) <laughs> it's, a, it's a fictionalized account of Arturo Islas's life. And so Arturo Islas was the first uh, queer Chicano to attend Stanford University. Mm. And I believe in the 60s or the 70s. And he wanted to be a doctor. He got like a B in his first science class. So he decided he wanted to do like literature instead. And so he got his BA, his master's and his PhD all in English and became one of the first queer Chicano um, professors to be ever tenured at, um, at Stanford. However, part of the tenuring process is how much you're publishing. And right. so his book was denied by like over 20 New York presses because wow. they kept saying that there was no Mexican readership. And so he tried really hard to get it published everywhere. And so finally a local Palo Alto Press took it on and they sold out. So wow. they reprinted it like four to five times before a larger press decided to take it on. And it's really ironic because in 2020, like one of the biggest publishing companies just re-released it. It's called mm. um, The Ring God. And the so within that, within that, 
the main character, like there's like a lot of problematic things that happen, right? Like there's like the racist ass grandma who like wants to stay fair. And she thinks that like, she, like she's super classist and everything. And her, her, grad, her great grandson is going to like a, like a very prestigious school in the Bay Area, aka Stanford. Right. And then when we see him um, interact with his partners, the words are gender neutral. So we never know who has he the words are either lover or partner so we never know if his if his love interests are men or women and so because we know that he was identified as a gay man we know that he then you know these his um his love interests were men and then he brings this like random part to the story where one of his uncles gets murdered by a, um, a military man who I guess used to go to this like um, um, like underground queer spot where men would have sex with men. And once the guy decided that that's not what he wanted, he decided to kill his uncle and his uncle had a family. And mm-hmm. so that's something that actually did happen in Arturo Izas's life. And so he publishes this book in the 1970s and then in the early thousands, um, there's a book by Benjamin Ali de Sands called Aristotle and Dante Discover the Secrets of the Universe. So you're like already gushing. And it's like about two queer chicanitos who fall in love. And they're like, in when their I tell you school, I cried, I cried like reading that book. So Arturo Islas's was Benjamin Ali's mentor for his master's oh. thesis. And so to think about how queer Chicano's legacy, yeah, yeah, is like in the seventies, you either had to hide it, or you had like you were either going to get killed by it. And both the main the main actor dies, not the main actor, but like Arturo Islas died of AIDS, and mm-hmm. so um, in 1991. And so I was just like, wow, this is like a historical, like this is using fiction to document how Chicanos have been able, how queer Chicanos have been able to love, right? Just even within the social acceptance of a 40 year period. And so like that to me was so powerful and just like, just in general, like making that connection in my head, I was like mind blown. Um, So I'll end it at that, those two books because I can definitely, um, at least for me, for queer Chicano love, those two have taught me a lot about what I can and like what what was us acceptable and what was not acceptable, and how I'm so grateful that we're living in 2021 because I can go six hours to go see my boot thing. And Shatrice, what about you? I mean, I know like yeah. when I had originally proposed like this topic, you were like books, reading, dating, like how does this all connect? <laughs> but like, and I don't know if you like would describe yourself as like a avid reader, but like, are there any books that I don't know if you've read that you're like, this has taught me about dating and relationships. And I, I had put in the notes, like you read so much more dating and relationship books than I do. So it doesn't have to be like fiction. It can be, sure. I don't know what books I've read that inspired you in terms of dating and relationships. Well, so like, as you're saying that, I was like, uh, well, as I'm trying to sort out all these things out, I was looking through my, my, uh, black women's book club, uh, mm. like group me to see, <laughs> I'm looking for a, a specific name of a book that mm-hmm. we read a little while back and I will, it's going to drive me nuts 
that I, I may not be able to recall the name, um, but obviously a big part of our book club as Black women is that we try to read literature, um, fiction, right. nonfiction books by Black author, Black female authors. And so one that comes to mind the quickest is how, this book called How to Fail at Flirting. And so like you said, I do, t- you know, I try to kind of get myself into all things dating and relationships. And I love when I can um, influence the book club to read some of those. <laughs> I'm like, I think I am perhaps truly a romantic, but what I, you know, at heart, but what I did not know, I'm thinking about like my earliest kind of like books that included rom- uh, romantic relationships, the babysitters clubs and other like novels about mm-hmm. white people falling in love written by white people who are doing this. And so it's just been refreshing to me, one, to just have black voices in the space of romance. Obviously, like we had like Zane, which is a little bit more like cinemaxy sexy um, in like the early aughts, late 90s and things like that. But I think we have we've been able to read a uh, gosh, a lot of cute little books that are like, and I shouldn't say little, a lot of cute books that are either within series or um, just kind of like solo projects from these authors. And I think all that to say, the book that I'm trying to think about, um, it, it, it centers, I believe, if I'm remembering correctly, this Black woman and this Latinx guy. And the way the book is written is that like almost every other chapter is from her perspective and from his perspective. Mm -hmm. And I think it just reminds me of how self-centered we are (laughs) in dating. Right. It's like, Oh, well, you know, they didn't call me back. So like, they must not want to talk to me or I'm like, (laughs) I'm (laughs) laughing. Like they didn't do. So I, it must be about me. And it's like, no, no. Cause this other person has a whole other life that has like nothing to do with you yet. Right. Like y'all mm-hmm. just met and they're possibly sitting on their end, just as nervous as you are like saying like, Oh my gosh, I hope that text went, that made sense. Or I said something that was really stupid. And so I remember like yelling at this book and we always talk about like how, like in the book club, we always talk about like how much like books kind of like brought upon emotions and things like that. Cause I was like, why don't y'all just say these things to each other? Like, why don't you just, like, if y'all just talked out, like the thoughts that y'all are having in your head about this new relationship, you would be good to go. But I'm like, do I take my own advice? Like, no. no. That was <laughs> actually one of the, <laughs> that was one of the um, tips that the article that we were talking about that we just didn't get to talk about is like yeah. um, the big miss. So the big miscommunication that exists in romance novels mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm, and how to like mm-hmm. overcome that. So very applicable to real life. I think for me, I, oh my God, there's so many different ways I can take this answer. Really, this episode could have been truly very theoretical. Like, let's talk about, uh, like, the importance of voices and who writes books around Mm -hmm. romance Mm -hmm. and dating and relationships. Because similar to Chatrice, so much of my um, reading when I was younger was white authors. Like mm-hmm. I was obsessed with like the boxcar children, Little House <laughs> on the Prairie, <laughs> yes. like Harry Potter. I think about like books that yes. I read voracious, voraciously when I was younger. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until my mid twenties and honestly through like Hyman Hotha reads that I started reading, like I started seeing myself in not only mm-hmm. YA books, but like YA books with characters, with my identities who were trying to figure out their relationship to dating and relationships and so I mean Aristotle and Dante like was just just so beautiful like I 
was like, where was this when I was 15? When I was like, exactly. Yeah. When I was young exactly. and trying to figure it out. Like, and, and it's, and, and it's so interesting. And, and um, one of the books that honestly was part of Jaime's book club was I'm going to correct me on the, uh, the title of the book, but it was like the house by the cerulean sea, I uh-huh. think was. And it, so the characters in those were not people of color. They were queer, yeah. but one of the lessons that stayed with me from that book is like, choose people over jobs. <laughs> I'm not going to say too much so I don't spoil yes. it. But like, yes. Hyman, no joke. I still think about that book like once a week. Like it was just, so, I, I read it in a very particular moment in my life that I'm like, holy shit. Like it was, it was also just such a really, really great book. And so, yeah, yeah I, I am so thankful for, um, you know, authors of color, queer authors of color, queer Chicanx, queer Latinx people who are writing books, um, you know, in what Shatrice was sharing, Black women who are writing, because like, who are writing books, because dating and relationships is like not easy. (laughs) And (laughs) we consume media, right? We are people who are living through this world. And, you know, if books are not your thing, that's okay. It might be like, it might be TV shows. It might be like, you know, YouTube videos. I mean, this is why the idea of representation in media really matters. And there's limitations to the argument, but really when it comes down to seeing yourself and what you are consuming um, media wise um, is really important, is really, really important. And so um, I I don't know. I just feel so lucky. We could totally have a part two courting <laughs> cuties if you want us to continue this conversation. Hi, yes. if any of your folks and fans want us to continue this conversation, I would love to because there's there's so many things we just didn't yeah. get to because of like, the there's like of three books that I didn't talk about that I wanted. Yeah. To. <laughs> well, and so maybe and maybe what I can do maybe what I part can do two. It, well, that and maybe what I can do is I'll start a little group chat with us on Instagram. And like, if y'all want to like even give me like book titles and authors, I can compile a little graphic um, oh, yeah, for the courting, um, courting and color Instagram or something like that. This has been wonderful. And Yay. to close us out, Jaime, is there anything you want to promote? Where can people find you? Again, um, the Instagram is called Jota Reads, J-O-T-A Reads. Um, and it, our live show is at the end. It's the last Sunday, 2 p.m. Um, Pacific Standard Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. This month is a week early because Halloween lands on Sunday. And mm-hmm. I want to make sure that our readers can also go and trick or treat or do whatever it is that they are doing um, to <laughs> trick, trick or treat. Did you say twerk or treat? I love twerk it. Twerk or treat, whatever <laughs> it is that they want. I love it. Um, That's funny. Yeah, so just the, you can, if you, even if you hashtag um, Queer Joy Book on Twitter, um, then we can, you can access the stuff there. I usually post my um, Twitter stuff on my Instagram, on my personal Twitter, um, which I need to get a hold of reads Twitter, but I'll yeah, do that. Yeah, I was going to say. Yeah, I'll do that for you well, too. <laughs> you know, hey, and you know, as content creators, we totally get it about you have all these ideas and what do you do in your first year and the goals you have for your second year. So I totally get it. Um, and thankfully, this episode will be released on Monday, so it'll give okay, folks cool. like a good, you know, week and mm-hmm. a half, two weeks to read the book. And um, Jaime, one of the things I also appreciate about the way you do your IG lives is like even if you don't read the book, yeah. you're still invited to be yes. to join the Instagram live, be a part of the conversation and they're saved on the Hota Reads Instagram. So if you, yes. you know, oh, if you do backtrack, nice. right. If you, yeah. if you, if you're in November, I want to read the February book, 
you can always go back and partake because it's super, super great. So um, Jaime, thank you. Truly, truly thank thank you you for, yeah, being the first, um, the first guest of uh, season five of Courting in Color. Um, I'm going to put myself out there. I would love to be a co-host one of these (laughs) days for a Jota Reads book. Wink, Um, wink. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. (laughs) <laughs> um, but thank you, thank you, thank you, uh, truly. And so, courting cuties, uh, as Shatree says, um, in between time and in the meantime, yes. keep it cute and court with confidence. Bye. 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 Hey, courting cuties, thanks for listening to another episode of Courting in Color. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Court in Color. That's C O U R T N C O L O R. Or head on over to our website at courtingincolor.com. That's courtingincolor.com. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to us wherever you listen to your podcasts. Court dismissed. Bye. Bye. Vogue. Vogue. Vogue.